Welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Rob Spicker, and we're glad you're able to join us as we get started with the 2022 and 2023 school year. This school year begins with a new superintendent, and Dr. Christopher Bernier is going to be our guest for this initial podcast to get us started. Dr. Bernier, thank you so much for joining us. Rob, always a pleasure to be with you. So you got started as our students were headed home. Yes, They've sir. had summer break. You have not. Incredibly busy over the last couple of months. So what are your first impressions of the school district of Lee County? The school district of Lee County is in a great position. You have amazing people, dedicated educators, a fantastically um, intertwined community and of business and government who are very interested in making sure all the students of the school district of Lee County have what they need in order to be successful graduates and successful citizens. And I know there's been some long days. What is it that has your focus as you, you know, take this job and we enter into the school year? What, what surprised you or what has your, your attention? A lot of things have my attention right now, but I think one of the things that surprised me is how amazing all of the individuals that I've met have been. I, to go back to my original answer, I think the focus of this community and how the business partnerships are built, how the, the foundation for our school system is such a strong partner, and looking at all the different businesses and community members that help support our kids, then the real strength of the organization lies in our people. This is a people business. I mean, over 80% of our dollars of our budget are spent on people. And, and that's about salaries and making sure that our kids have everything that they need. So this is a people-rich environment, and I think that is my focus. I think the focus has to be about how we prioritize our people and make sure that they know they're of value and that they're worth every cent and how we can do even more for them each and every day. So you're a first-time superintendent. Was there a surprise or something different that you expected this early in the job? There's all there's been there are a number of surprises. Um, I knew I was going to be working extremely long hours. But I didn't necessarily understand all of the complexities of all of the pieces and how they all intertwine with each other. I think I'm a pretty good person to see the larger picture, but I think right now I am um, doing the very best I can to make sure that um, each one of these hands has has a touch point on all the different aspects of this organization. And so our students come back August 10th. Yay. So let's get them ready and speak to them and their parents with a, a little bit of a um, of looking forward to the school year. I can't wait to get started with the students. In fact, I was a little bit late this morning because I came from uh, Challenger Middle School because they were doing a sixth grade orientation. I challenged those sixth graders that we are both brand new. They're not necessarily new to the school district of Lee County, but they're new to their middle school. So three years from now, when they're in eighth grade, we'll have spent three years together investigating and learning our system. So I'm really looking forward to their graduation ceremony or their evening of excellence, whatever they hold to move those eighth graders on. I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to join those students, and, and we're going to compare notes on what we learned. Uh, to, the, to the greater and larger community, I think the most important thing is we want to have successful graduates, and we know that starts beginning in pre-K. Um, so whether it's a pre-K situation all the way through 12th grade, we want to make sure our students are graduating both college and career ready, and that we're doing everything we can to make them not only great academic um, students, but great citizens of this community. And to that point, I think the most important thing I think we need to focus on is since last February, our schools have been open. They've been open to parents. They've been open to visitors. They've been open to volunteers. And yet the trickle of people coming back has been that. It's been a trickle. I want our schools and I want our community and I want our parents and students to know that we're open for business and that we want our volunteers and our parents back in our school buildings and being a part of the educational process. They'll be glad to hear that. Um, one of the things though, that was fresh on a lot of people's minds as we finished the years, unfortunately, was the Uvalde. So school security is always top of mind. 
So where are we heading into this school year in terms of having safe and secure schools? Well, one of the things we've done is we've done a number of summer projects on, you know, finishing up some of our schools that did not have single point of entry. So there were a number of projects underway. We're making sure those projects are finished by the first by the first days of school. We've revamped some security features in some of our other buildings based upon what happened in Vivaldi. We've gone through and made sure we've looked at all of our systems and all of our processes for keeping us, our children safe. We've re-engaged with all of our police departments, um, whether it just be the Lee County Sheriff's or some of our local municipalities, to make sure that our SROs and other individuals understand some of what went on in Vivaldi and other school shootings and making sure that we're prepared because safety is the most important thing we can provide to our students, our families, and our, and our own employees. We have to make sure that if people go to school that they come home safely. Right. So they're there school, in school safe. Now they've got to learn. Academics, uh, obviously, I've heard you describe this as sort of a reset year. We're coming out of a two years of an interruption from COVID. So are there things that we're addressing with our students to make sure that they are catching up if they need to or moving ahead if they're ready? I think we need to make sure that we're always looking at that and specifically to students I ask them to just and parents I ask them to just come prepared every day to learn and that means getting to bed at a decent hour getting them fed before they come to school if, if you can do that and if not knowing that we stand at the ready with our food service and other people to feed our children both breakfast lunch and supper if necessary in order to get them through that day you know I heard a great line the other day and, and it may not translate to everyone but you have to start with Maslow or the basic needs before you can ever get to bloom which is all about how kids learn and how they think if we can't settle that very that, that very bottom level of the foundation for our children, then they're going to struggle. And we want our kids to be able to express what they need and make sure that we can help support them. As to a reset, I'd like to I'd like to really think about it as a baseline. We've established a new baseline for student achievement for our graduation rates. And yes, some of them are slightly down. Some of them are all-time highs. We're just going to have to take where we are and know that we're going to move forward. And I think over the last Two and a half weeks with new teacher orientation being around and available with uh, our more experienced and our instructional support teachers. And then yesterday, just yesterday, we were with all of our principals and assistant principals. This team is ready to go. So I would tell the students, strap up, because you're going you're gonna to have a great time when you, hit the, when you hit your school buildings. It's been a long time since we've had a traditional opening. I hate to say normal. It's, we're, we're back to a traditional opening of school where we're going to really be able to go at it and, and really energize our kids and I sometimes say to teachers, you need to energize because the kids the kids are ready. Uh, kids, you need to energize because your teachers and staff are ready. Your teachers are ready for you. We do, do still need teachers, and there is concern about not having a full slate of teachers. So I know we're recruiting all the time. What's your message to parents as, as they face a school year where we don't have 100% uh, certified teachers? We're doing everything we can. Um, we have been out recruiting. We've been out working with the State Department of Education regarding teacher licensure and certifications. We have found found um, opportunities to bring people back into the system who have retired. We are doing everything humanly possible. Uh, just recently, we had 435 brand new teachers at new teacher orientation over at the Dunbar Middle School. Um, we're very excited, and thanks to, Dun to Dunbar Middle for opening their building for that process. Um, that, that's a significant number of just new people alone, but we are still 200 teachers short. Uh, checked with our human resources division yesterday and found out that we have about 250 people in the pipeline. It's just a matter of making sure that they have all of their background checks, their fingerprints, other things completed in order to make sure those, those teachers come out of that pipeline and into a classroom. So we're still hopeful, um, but we do know on the first day of school we're going to have some guest teachers and, and some coverage 
uh, situations where people are going to have to be covering classes. But please stay with us. We're, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that there's a certified instructor in front of every single student in this district. Trying to be upfront and transparent as well about our bus driver situation. We know, unfortunately, that some students will be late getting to school and getting home until we can get a full rank of bus drivers. Well, full rank of bus drivers is one part of the situation. Yes, clearly. Um, the, the full rank of bus drivers and having our vacancies filled and having those all those routes being taken care of without having bus drivers subbing for each other is a critical component. So are to our bus drivers, I want to make sure they have a very clear message that you know we really put our money where our mouth was. And I know that they always believe that we could have done some more, and I think there's always things we can do more. But we, we made ourselves the fourth highest paid system in the state. Um, in terms of our bus driver salary, we are paying more than local government and, and local transportation agencies. But you know, it is a challenging job, and it's, it's a job I respect greatly. But I think what we have to think about long term is what we can do to help our bus drivers feel more a part of the system and to feel like they're valued in our system and making sure that they understand that the job they do is incredibly important. And because a paycheck's one thing. But a relationship with their supervisor and with the schools and the schools helping our bus drivers understand how much they need them, I think, I think is a big step in the right direction to attracting more. And I want to go back to teachers because they are really going to be the backbone once the kids are in class. And you called them at an event earlier this summer, our talent. But they're the <laughs> so, talent of this school district. They, they are the ones who really make a difference. So what do you say to them as they get ready to face this school year? The new ones, the experienced ones, you know, the traditional school year. What do you say to them? Just that we're counting on you. They are amazing, um, dedicated employees who close the door every day and they look at 35 or 25 or 10 faces and those young people are just ready to absorb their knowledge. And when they're not ready to absorb their knowledge, they're fully prepared to find a way creatively to engage kids. We call it sometimes an emotional hook. They do the anticipatory set, to use the, the technical term, to get students engaged in learning. Our teachers are the most vital link to student success. And my job as superintendent, as well as anybody else who works at the central level or in administration at a school building, is to make sure those teachers are successful. Because I will tell you, successful teachers make for successful kids. With the students back in class, that gives you the opportunity now to, to go out and start to meet the families that uh, are the backbone of the school district that provide us with those students. So let me first just give you the opportunity to you know, introduce yourself a little bit, maybe to, to the community that wasn't paying attention this summer. And so who is Dr. Christopher Bernier and how did you get here? Dr. Christopher Bernier is a long-term educator. Um, I still describe myself with anybody I meet and they ask me who I am or what I do, I tell them I'm a teacher. I, that's, never left my, that's never left my being. I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was a young man. Um, I taught some snow skiing lessons in, in a small upstate mountain in upstate New York and I was hooked immediately to helping young people learn a specific skill. I knew then I wanted to enter the classroom. That was just reinforced in my high school years by really incredible teachers that I ran into or were part of. Um, but my career primarily has occurred in Florida. I came to Florida in 1987, and I worked for over 30 years for a system just north of us in Orange County Public Schools. And then my deputy superintendent had an opportunity to become superintendent in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is Clark County, Nevada. And I took the opportunity to go to Las Vegas to help support that superintendent. And we got him in a really great spot, built a, built a cabinet, built an organization. And then I saw Lee County the school district of Lee County opened, and it was an opportunity potentially to return home. Glad I threw my name in the hat and was happy to get through that process and be selected to be here. Um, bottom line, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad. Uh, I'm, I, I love my children. I love my partner, Deborah. Um, we have a great family life and, and an amazing extended family, and I, I, I can't wait for the community 
in my community engagement processes to start so I get more time face-to-face with people. Yeah, that's what I was going to lead to next is you are going to plan a series of meetings to kind of get out and have a chance to meet the community. Sure. I, I, I came on board, like in, well, I feel like I came on board in February because I was working from a distance three hours away. It was a three-hour time change. But um, certainly the consultancy that the board provided me gave me an opportunity to to, to shadow the outgoing interim superintendent, which was very valuable to me. So on the first days after squaring in, I was immediately prepared to begin some processes of moving forward. So I, I think the next part was we released my entry plan uh, in which we continue to execute through the month of June. July in uh, Southwest Florida is a little warm. Um, I think some of the residents go other places during July. Plus our schools were in the process of being cleaned and turned over and getting ready for the new school year. And quite honestly, they're still kind of lonely places. Um, you walk now with principals like I did last Friday and, and did some more of today. Um, there just isn't the energy in the building because the teachers and the students aren't there. So I'm looking forward to the town hall meetings, the community engagement meetings, the proximity work that we're going to get underway in the next in the next few weeks, where we talk a little bit about how our students get assigned to schools. I'm really looking forward to combining sort of just a listening program with also trying to learn more about this school district. And only once I have those two things done, that listening and learning, then I'll be able to lead and help determine some of the additional direction for this district, which is a very highly successful one. I I have to keep saying that. This district does not need an overhaul. It just needs uh, a leader who can help see its strengths, continue to utilize those, and then continue to develop around the areas where we need to improve. So you just mentioned proximity. So let's start the conversation about what it's been around for a while, but it sounds like the idea may be a little bit different this time. So what is your thoughts about proximity? Where are we going forward? What happens? Well, it's one of the challenges that you asked me before about bus drivers. It's one of the challenges we have with drivers. It's not the efficiency of our transportation system, our transportation department and the drivers and the mechanics and everybody involved in making sure those yellow school buses are out on the road in working conditions and they're safe for our kids and picked up on time. They're doing everything humanly possible they can do under the system they've been given. We have to really take a look at how we're assigning children to school and choice. Let me make it perfectly clear. You have a superintendent who believes in choice. I do. I think choice is incredibly important to parents, and I think it's incredibly important to um, schools and teachers and programs so that when you build something, you know that kids are going to also choose to continue to be a part of it. However, we have to get realistic on how much choice can we offer uh, because what we're doing is we're creating a transportation system that we cannot support. So that's the focus. We know we're not going to have a completely zoned, restrictive situation. Um, The superintendent's days, if he was to suggest that, could be limited. But we also know that the current student assignment policy has made us the 64th least efficient district in the state. We need to do better than that. And not only because we can save dollars that will go back to the classroom, but because we can ensure that we can get students to school on time. There are some um, hot button issues, sort of, if you will, topical around education. So I want to quickly just go through some of those. Top of the mind, Parents' Bill of Rights. Where is the school district on you know, following the law? Let me make this very clear. This school district will follow the laws of this nation and of this state. When you stand in a boardroom and put your, you know, your left hand on a Bible and raise your right hand, I've shared with many people that was the first time I felt the weight of the superintendency. I didn't expect it in that moment, but it's the first time I've ever sworn in. And it was, it was not lost on me, the, the, the weight of, of this job and this responsibility. So we will follow the Parental Bill of Rights. I, I believe that parents are 
viable and very important stakeholders in their child's education. We can't eliminate them from the process, nor should we have ever, nor should we ever even given the consistency or the, the belief that we could. Um, I don't believe the school district ever eliminated parents, but the idea of memorializing their rights in a law to make sure that school districts across this entire state comply with making sure that they're active partners in their children's education is, is, a, is a valuable process. And the equity guide, civil rights and equity guide that just came out is tied to that, uh, making sure that for our gay, transgender, and all students that they are protected. Well, yeah, the civil rights and equity guide is about following the law again. It's about Title IX, Title II, Title VII. It's, it's, it's about title laws. It's about ADA. It's about IDEA. Um, so I'm throwing lots of acronyms out there. I hope somebody will translate for everybody. But really what it is is we have lots of federal and state law that school districts are required to comply with. This school district will follow the law. To define it as a civil rights and equity guide really says we are going to abide by the law when it comes to the civil rights of our students and our parents and our community as well as um, ensuring that we have equity in our system as the law currently defines it. It is it is going to be a fluid product because we are expecting additional court decisions and additional legal advice coming out of um, either Washington or out of Tallahassee or the Department of Education, which will require us to continue to update that guide. But what it says to the community is we're going to make and ensure that all students have a safe and welcoming experience when they arrive to their schools. We're seeing an uptick, too, in the challenges to textbooks and instructional materials. So where do you sit on those? I think parents have a right to know what their children are reading and learning. Um, textbook materials is, uh, um, is interesting because the parents have a strong involvement in that process. We do have a parent committee that helps us adopt instructional materials. Um, but even though we worked through that process, the state then made a change last minute about some of the math materials that either met their expectation or ours. So we'll follow the direction of our parents and the state as we continue to adopt materials. We have a social studies adoption coming up this year. So we will reorganize those committees. We will rework with the state to make sure that we're working with what first the state approves and then within that state approval list, making the decision for what's best for Lee County. When it comes to ancillary materials like novels and other things in classrooms and media centers, a very strong belief that a parent needs to know what a child is reading. And we are developing processes and manners and means both in our media center and in our classrooms to make sure parents know what their child is involved with. And there's going to be a fall referendum that directly affects you, whether or not the superintendent should be an elected or appointed position. What do you say to that? I came in eyes wide open. I knew about that when I applied. I, I did my research before even submitting my application and knew that was a possibility. What I'm hopeful for is that this district will see um, a leader before them that has got the background to do this work, has done already great work before November, and has the district moving in a direction that will be supportive of student outcomes. And there's two critical things that this community needs to know under the leadership of Dr. Bernier. There's two things a school should school district should do. The first is develop and, and, and turn out into the community and into our colleges, universities, and our businesses prepared young people who are not only academically solid, but clearly have what I now refer to as mega, mega skills. Sometimes people call them soft skills, but I'm telling you, perseverance, grit, work ethic, honesty, integrity. Those are, those are things that every employer and every college is looking for in a student or an employee. We have to make sure they're not academically qualified, but they're also qualified with those skills that allow them to be successful. The second piece is we need to become that world-class school system that our vision and mission talk about. 
we need to be sure that we have a world-class school system because it allows the economic engine of Southwest Florida to work. What I mean by that is companies looking to transfer or move their employees or open a business here in Southwest Florida will look to the public school system to see not only the quality of the graduate they're going to receive, but if they move their company here, where can their families put their own children? So that's those are the goals. And, and I think if I can get that across in no, prior to November, at least people might take a pause before they check check that box. So with this school year about to get started, what is the thing you're most looking forward to? I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is our students and teachers back in a classroom. And again, I, I said it before, I think the openness, trying to create that sense of we are back again to that idea of an entire community, an entire village working to educate a child, that parent, parents have rights, parents have roles, they have responsibilities as well to help their child. And we need to welcome that energy into our school buildings and at the same time we have to work with our teachers to make sure they understand that they still have the ability to educate children in exciting and entertaining ways. Um, education is a bit of a performance art. You have to work very, very hard to have you know 30 people all day long really love what you're having to say. So I, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about the, the school year reopening. I'm excited about students coming back to our classrooms, and I'm excited about how our educators are going to meet them. And then again, that whole idea of a community coming back to ensuring that our students not only get the opportunity to be supported, but get to see all the rich environments that are here and the career paths that are here as well. Do you have a goal or uh, how do you know it's successful? If we talk in June again, the years behind us, you know, what's going to be the measuring block for you at that point to say, yep, we did it? There's a couple of things that, you, that every superintendent will look for. One is a cultural aspect, and I think that's done in our climate surveys and other things. I'll look to retention rate of teachers. If we've recruited, if we've recruited 435, how many are staying with us and coming into the next year? If we somehow manage to fill all of our bus driver vacancies, how many of them are signing up to come back? So there's, there's quantifiable evidence about the culture of a school and a school district that I think is vital to a superintendent because it gives you the feeling of how things are transpiring. But I would be remiss if I didn't say we'd also be looking at academic proficiencies. We'd be looking at reading, writing, math, science, our graduation rate. And since we talked about establishing a new baseline, the issue would be is how much have we increased? What sort of progress are we making in those areas as well? Anything else you'd like to say? I know you're looking forward to it. Just really looking forward to um, the opportunity for our schools to once again be filled with young people. I really did not get a great opportunity in the spring to close out. I wanted to get into schools, but we were in the middle of FSA testing, and that's no time for a new superintendent to go poking around. So I'm really looking forward to getting out on the schools, meeting our principals, touching base with our children, getting intimately involved with what's transpiring there, and getting to know the community both in the schools and outside of the schools to talk about what Lee County can be beyond what it already is. Now, Dr. Bernier, thank you so much for joining us, walking through what's ahead in this school year. I know everybody's excited about it, so it's going to be a good one. We're very excited. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Bernier. Thank you for joining us again for the Lee Schools TV podcast. Join us again next month. We'll be back with another guest and a look inside the school district of Lee County.